0: Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Northridge Church. Glad you're here, whether you're in the room or online. Thank you for being a part of what we're doing and what God is doing. So I want to start with a story. So there's this guy named Eddie one day, and he comes home from work. And when he gets home, he sees something kind of shocking. He gets there and he sees all three of his kids, they're still in their pajamas that they went to bed the night before, and they're playing in the mud, and they're just a complete mess. And he looks over at the car his wife's car and his wife's car door is wide open and he looks at the front door and he starts to walk through the front door the front door is standing wide open and he walks inside and he gets to the living room and he sees that there's toys everywhere and and there's a screen that's busted there's all these kinds of things going on and he's like what is going on and so he goes on into the kitchen and he sees that there's dishes piled up everywhere and there's there there's stuff laying on the floor and there's toys strewn and he's like what in the world is going on and so he goes upstairs and when he goes upstairs he feels his feet because he took his shoes off the water that's running out of the bathroom and he looks in the bathroom and there's towels all over and there's toothpaste smeared on the mirror and there's all this just a massive mess and so he's like what is going on in my house and so he goes into the bedroom and he sees his wife still in her pajamas sitting in the chair reading a book and he says honey, Victoria, what is going on? She said, well, Eddie, you know when you come home and you sarcastically ask me, what have you done all day? She said, well, today, I didn't do any of that. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Relationships, right? They're a lot of fun, aren't they? They can kind of be a little bit messy sometimes, especially like in that story. Relationships can be interesting. They can be tough. They can be difficult. And they can be amazing. Well, today we are continuing our series called Let's Get Real. And today we're going to get real about relationships about relationships in our lives, about relationships that we have in our life and around our life. And we're going to dig into that a little bit. Now, here's what I want you to do for a moment. I want you to just kind of engage with me for a second. Whether you're in the room or you're online, I want you to do this. So I want you to find somebody, and I want you to point at them just like this. Okay, find somebody in the room. If you're online, if there's nobody in the room with you, point at me. That's fine. I can feel that. All right? So just point at somebody. Now, I want you to look at your hand. How many fingers are pointing at somebody else? One, right? How many fingers are pointing back at you? Three, right? Some of you are like, I don't know. Math is not my strong suit. Okay, cool. It's okay. All right, you can put your hands down. All right? When you point at somebody, you've heard the old adage that when you accuse somebody, when you're pointing at somebody, there's one finger pointing at them, but there's three pointing back at you. It gives you the understanding that sometimes we are quick to accuse and less quick to claim our part in the matter. Right? We've all heard that. Now, here's why I bring that up right out of the gate this morning for this message. Because, let's be honest, this message is about relationships. And so, as a result, all the things that we're going to talk about here today, you're going to have this tendency to think this is a great message for so-and-so. Some of you are going to think, man, I'm so glad they're in the room here today to hear this one. Or some of you are going to think, oh, I totally need to share the link to this message after this Sunday with so-and-so because they needed to hear that. That's going to be the tendency today because we're talking about relationships. And so I want to encourage you today not to think so much about how this message applies to somebody else, but ask yourself the question, how can this, how should this message apply to me? How do I need to take this to heart? What do I need to do different? What do I need to change? Because all day long we can point, but remember that there's three more coming back at you. And so we're going to get into this, and there's a, there's a strong tendency in, in relationships to kind of see it the other way, but let's be honest, a, a relationship always starts with yourself. You can't have a relationship with somebody else on, unless you start with yourself. You have to bring yourself into it, right? It has to begin with you, and so I want to start today, in fact, we're going to end today, and we're going to spend all the middle today on you and on me, on ourselves, And so, how do we start changing our relationships? Well, I think one of the ways that we need to do that is changing the way we think about our relationships. We need to see our relationships in a different way, in a different light. We need to start realizing something different about our relationships. And so, I want to start by reading a parable this morning. Now, a a parable is just a fancy word for a short story that Jesus tells to make a point. That's what it is. So when I say the word parable, that's what I mean. It was a story that was told by Jesus to make a very important point. He always told his stories to make a point. And so I want to read this parable. It's actually one of his longer parables. I'm going to read it in its entirety, so kind of stick with me on this. Again, these are Jesus's words, and and at first you're going to be like, this is a very strange parable that you chose to talk about relationships. It's not going to really make a whole lot of sense at first. We'll get there, okay? So Matthew chapter 25 I'm going to read verses 14 through 30, so this tells you how long this parable is, all right? So it's a longer short story from Jesus, all right? Here we go. Again, Jesus' words. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one. 2 bags of silver to another and 1 bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. The servant who received the 5 bags of silver began to invest the money and earned 5 more. The servant with 2 bags of silver also went to work and earned 2 more. But the servant who received the 1 bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, and so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here is your money back. But the master replied, You wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given. Even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Hmm, don't you love a story with a good ending? It's a little harsh at the end, isn't it? Again, this is Jesus telling the story. Now, you might be saying, that is a weird story to use on Relationship Sunday, Pastor. Like, you're weird, (laughs) right? You're weird. This is strange. Why would you use that story? Well, clearly this story has a point. So what is the point of that story that Jesus just told? Well, the point is actually very simple. It's hard to do, but it's very simple. The point is this. Use well what you have been given. Don't waste what you have been given. Whatever it is, whatever you have, whatever you've been given, use it well. That was the very simple point. Now... Clearly, Jesus is talking about money, and he's using money as kind of his, you know, kind of thing. And so, yes, we need to consider, and, and a lot of times I've heard this message used for money and generosity and all that kind of stuff. That's, that's very true. I get that. And we should definitely consider, like, where, where's your money? Where are your skills? Where are your giftings? Where are your resources going? Are you giving to God first and then living on the rest, or are you living on what you want and then giving God the leftovers? That's important to answer. For you but that's not what I want to focus on today I want to focus on the fact that this is talking about something called stewardship stewardship Jesus is talking about being a good steward what is a steward because I don't know about you but I don't go around using the word steward all that often are you being Jackson are you being a good steward right I don't say that to my kids We don't use the word steward. So what is a steward? A steward is very simply someone who has been placed in charge of something, but it's not theirs. You have complete control of whatever you've been given, but it's not yours. You don't own it. You're a steward of it. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about here. He's saying everything you have in life is not yours. Your house is not yours. Your yard is not yours. The, uh, the little things that get dropped by your pet are not yours, thankfully. I don't know about you, but I love cleaning that up. Your children are not yours. This is very clear in God's Word. Everything we have, everything you see, everything that exists in life, none of it is ours. We act like it sometimes. I know I do. I sometimes act like this is my seat in my family room. I like to sit there. That's my spot. My kids were arguing last night. Literally, we sat down to watch something, and they were arguing over, this is my blanket. There's five other almost identical blankets in the room. That's my blanket. We struggle with this as humans. That's mine. That's that's my. I I own that. And God says, "No, you don't. You are simply a steward of that." And so we ask the question: Well, if we are to be good stewards of our money, if we are to be good stewards of our possessions, good stewards of our of our yard and our and our house and our time and all kind of stuff, then doesn't it stand to reason? That God would want us to be good stewards of the most important thing in life. And you know what that is? People. People are the most important aspect of your life. Relationships. And so today, I want to ask the question, how can we be good stewards of people? Of our relationships? How can we do that? How should we do that? I want to offer a couple suggestions here today. The first one is this. We need to start speaking and acting more truth in love. Now, here in Churchy's language, we have probably heard this. We need to speak the truth in love. You know, we've heard that. Speak the truth in love. We need to speak the truth in love. But we don't really talk about this all that often, and we don't really dig into what in the world does that even mean. Well, it simply has very two simple two parts to it. We need to be honest, and we need to do it lovingly. Now, here's the problem with, that we as humans have. I don't know about you, but I tend to do this as well. I tend to be really good at truth or really good at love, but I'm not always good at merging the two together. Right? If I have to share truth, I sometimes come out kind of firing on all cylinders. Largely because, you guys know this about me because I've outed myself many times, I am a little bit of a, a softy, a little bit of a people pleaser at times. I just, I know that about myself. It's a weakness that I have always to manage and to work on. I, I love people so much, like, I'm like, I'd I prefer not to rock the boat. And so I tend to, when I do give truth, it sometimes comes out like I'm a bulldog because I'm not used to doing that all the time and I don't like to do it. And so I come out and just because it's probably been building for at least five to 10 years. Right? It's like a volcano. It's like, ah, I'm gonna be nice. I'm I'm not gonna. We're okay. It's not a big deal. And then five years later, it all comes out. So some of us are kind of maybe like me. You you like to love people. We don't like to rock the boat i prefer just everybody to be happy, and therefore I'm not going to tell the truth. I'm not going to say, when you sing, it is so off-key, it is so bad. I would really rather have a cat and take their claws and scratch it on a chalkboard. It would be way better. Now, by the way, if you share your truth that way, that, that is a problem. But, but, but it, maybe you're like me. Maybe you like to just love and keep things all like, hmm, we're all good. And so I'm not going to share truth because that would mess up the the zen we have going on. Or maybe you're the type of person that you have a badge of honor because you live truthfully. And there is a trail of bodies in your wake. Because you carry truth and a dagger at the same time. And you're like, when you do share truth, you're like, yeah, you do sound like a strangled cat when you sing. I'm sorry. Well, There's probably a better way to say that. See, the truth is that we need, when we speak or we act out of truth, we also need to have love. And when we love, we need to make sure that we're being honest about our love and we're not hiding the truth because that's not loving. It has to be the truth and love not truth but sometimes love and not love but sometimes we're going to share the truth it's got to be both in our relationships we have to balance both of those things proverbs 10 9 says this it says people with integrity walk safely but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed a lot of people pleasers, they, they know that that verse is true, but they have a hard time living according to it. And, and, and I'm not talking about like hidden sins, all kinds of stuff. of course that stuff's going to be found out. But a lot of us, we don't realize if we haven't told, if we haven't been honest with people in our life, that eventually is going to be known. You're keeping the peace for a time, but you're just going to make it worse later. And so we have to be truth in love. Now, you guys know we've done a lot of survey for this series. And so the question that we asked all of you for this week was this. What causes conflict or stress in your relationships? Man, talk about a loaded question, right? Now, as of Thursday, the last time I looked at these was Thursday because, obviously, you have to get the message written. And so the last time I looked at this was Thursday morning or whatever it was, sometime on Thursday. And at that point, we had 45 people, 45 different people that had answered this specific question. So, So by the way, if you did that, thank you. This has been really good to read. And no, I don't have a clue as to who's answering what. It's all anonymous. All right. So if you're wondering if I know who you are, I don't. Uh, I just read. I read all the answers. I read them several times. I don't know who it is. And if you haven't engaged, by the way, we have one more week left in this series. So you have a chance to answer the last question. So go on there. Answer the last question. We, li- we are actually reading those. Some people wonder, like, are they ever going to look at these? Yes, we do. We absolutely do. And so I looked at these, 45 people answered this question. Now, here's what's interesting. Out of 45 people, you guys, that answered this, 19 of you said what causes stress in your relationship is either no communication or miscommunication. Bad communication, we could say. That's what you said, 19. That's 42%. I ran the numbers. That's just shy of half of you that answered this question. Now, here's what's interesting. Twelve more of you said the thing that causes the most stress in your life and relationships is unmet expectations, misaligned expectations, or no clear expectations in the relationship. In other words, one person thinks that this is the most important thing in life, and you think this is the most important thing in life, and they don't line up. And so there's this. Unmet expectations or expecting something different than whoever else. And this doesn't have to be a spouse. This could be parent to kids. This could be kids to parent. This could be neighbors. You expect them to mow right up to your line but not past it. And they go beyond it two swaths every time. How many of you are annoyed by that? Uh huh. Okay, we've got one taker over here. He's, he's being honest. See, you're listening. That's good. All right. In fact, this is true of of Laura and I. We, our expectations don't always line up. Let me give you a couple of examples at the risk of me needing to sleep somewhere else tonight. (laughs) Oh man, it's dangerous. One of the things that Laura and I don't line up on is leftovers, okay? No, seriously, man, this is a struggle in our household. I tend to want to keep leftovers until they are covered in mold, right? Uh, I mean, once they're covered in mold, they're clearly not good to eat, but until then, like, you know, it's okay. They're in the fridge. It's fine, and we can eat it, and and there's a couple of reasons why I feel this, and by the way, Laura, well, she, she she does well. She keeps them in there for a few days, but then after a few days, she's kind of, she's like, we need to throw that out, and I'm like, we're not throwing that out, and there's two reasons. One, We bought that food and we cooked that food. We spent time and money on that. That would be wasting it. So I'm going to eat that. Even if it makes me sick, I'm eating it. (laughs) To this day, I will say, I don't think I've had food poisoning to this point in my life. I don't know, but I don't think I have. The second reason is because I just, for me, I prefer leftovers. I prefer leftovers every day. Instead of a cold meat sandwich. Some of you are like, oh, give me a nice cold meat sandwich. I'm like, you're weird. Like, don't do that. That's just gross. Laura's family loves cold meat sandwiches. It's the best thing since the wheel to them. And I'm like, oh. Like, when we used to live near her parents, we'd have cold meat sandwiches on Sunday night. I'm going, I hate Sunday nights. (laughs) Can you just, can I just, aren't there some leftovers (laughs) I can warm up? we just we just don't line up we have conflict over leftovers another thing is let me just again uh, uh, this is as far as i need to go otherwise i'm going to get myself in trouble social situations oh mm. i'm a people person Laura loves people, but she has to regain energy after people. I have, my tank is full after people. You understand? Because some of you are like that. You're like, yeah, I get that. Some of you are like, yeah, man, my tank is empty after people. I love it, but my tank is, I need to recharge. So she needs to recharge. So after a few hours, I'm just getting warmed up. I'm like, we have, we can play 12 more games of cornhole. And why wouldn't we? Because people are still here. Well, at that point, we've been there for a few hours. Lord's like, it's time to land the plane, Brent. We're going home. This is where I get the taps, the looks, the ones that shoot through my head. Like, I literally, I have holes through my body. Like, you can't see them, but I know they're there. And, uh, and I get them. And, and so we have these expectations. Like, and so I kid you not, I'm, I'm joking about this stuff, but we have to have conversations about this. Why did you throw that away? well, it's been like a week. I'm like, I know, but I was going to eat it today. We have to have conversations on the way to social situations. Now, what time, Brent, what time are we leaving? I'm making this up. These are conversations we have. And this, and this is good because she balances me out. It's a good thing, but our expectations, our communication, sometimes we butt heads. The truth is, we need to speak the truth in love. We need to get things out in the open. Because if you're trying to keep this false sense of peace, it's not peace, it's just false. And eventually, false peace is shattered. And so we've got to start speaking the truth in love. What is that thing? What are those things that need to be said? You know they have need to be said for maybe years, for, for months, for years, maybe even longer than that. What needs to be done? What needs to be said? Truth in love. All right. The second one is going to be so incredibly obvious, but we have such a hard time with it. The second way that we're going to be good stewards of our relationships is we need to spend time in our relationships now you might think that you're you're like yeah that's obvious good the problem is that our world our culture is constantly sucking us away from people not toward people it's constantly sucking us away from people or putting a false version of people in front of us Uh, This is why, for example, one of the most popular apps that are hitting right now. Those of you with teenagers, you know this. It's called Be Real. It's an app. They call it Be Real. And you know what they said when I read on it to see if my, my kids could actually have it? It says, this is not like those other social media apps. This is where you can be real. And it's because it takes a picture of them and the camera going out at the same time. So everybody can see you and what's going on around you at that moment, and it tags you, it sends you a notification that says, "Hey, now is your time to be real," And then you snap a picture of whatever's going on at that point. And, and you be real. And, and isn't it hilarious that we have apps that are called "Be real," because they're trying to help us to understand that you can be real now. We've got to spend quality time with people that we're supposed to spend time with. Sometimes that can be through technology, but I would contend that we need to start getting technology a little bit more out of our relationship because it has, can we just be real? (laughs) We think that our technology is connecting us more than ever, and in some ways, let's be honest, that's true. I can connect to somebody across the world, like, in a few seconds, like that. Amazing. So in that way, of course we're more connected. The world has gotten smaller, no doubt about it. But let's also be honest. Technology is a barrier between you and the relationship that controls and filters it. And so, therefore, we have a lot of relationships that are not as real as what we think they are. And we're finding that to be true. And it's affecting our cognition. It's affecting how we feel. It's affecting how we view each other. Studies are, start digging into the studies of this. It's not going the right direction in terms of relationships anyway. So the question that I have, two questions really is this, with the time thing. Number one, are you spending time with people you should be spending time with? Are you building into your relationships? And by the way, this is is modeled throughout Scripture, right? What did Jesus do? He spent time with the disciples. Sometimes he was teaching. Sometimes he was doing ministry. Sometimes he was doing miracles. Sometimes they were just hanging out together. Sometimes they were walking through a garden. Sometimes they were on their way to somewhere. Jesus spent time with the disciples. And guess what? The disciples changed the world. Because Jesus spent time with them. The biggest thing that Jesus did with them is spent time with them. Uh, in the Old Testament, Ruth and Naomi, remember that story? Naomi's husband and her two sons die, and she's left with two daughters-in-law. And she goes to them, and she says, since her whole, the rest of her family died, she said, I'm going to go back to Israel, to my people, to my homeland. You guys stay here. Go live your life. Go find somebody else to marry. Like, you're not tied to me and my family anymore. You're free. Go, go live your life. Well, one of her daughters-in-law, she left, but Ruth... Remember what she said? Some of you know that story. She said, no, Naomi, your people are my people. I'm staying with you. I'm not leaving you. You're all all alone. You're all by yourself. I'm here. And she goes all the way back to Israel, to people that she doesn't know. And she stays with Naomi for the rest of her life. She spends time. The second question, though, that I have is this. And I think this is maybe the more important of the two. Because the first question is easy to answer. Are you spending time with the people that you should be spending time with? That's easy to answer. You know if you're doing that or not. The second one is harder. Is the time that you're spending with those people quality time? Is the time that you're spending with those people quality time? So just this last Thursday, uh, Laura was gone to rehearsal that night and my daughter Hannah was at dance. And my son, my oldest son Jackson, was, had a ton of homework to do. And so he was sitting in the kitchen at the counter doing his homework. And so that left me and my youngest son Tanner. And so we had like two, two and a half hours together where it was just going to be him and I. And I don't always do this. I try to do this as often as possible because, you know, uh, you, you, parents, you know when you ask this question, you're like, e-, you're kind of like, okay, what's going to happen? But I said, Tanner, what do you want to do? You never know what's going to come out, and it feels like if you ask that question, you really want to say yes to you know to most of the things. Well, uh, this was a pretty tame night, and so we'd had dinner. We'd been talking. We'd been joking about my when I was a kid, and I was telling stories and everything, and Tanner was just, uh, for whatever reason, he was just really engaged with that, and I was telling about field day that at our elementary school we used to have this thing called field day, and we had races and long jump, and we got to compete against other kids in school, and I loved that. It was my it was honestly, it was my favorite day of the school year because I love to compete. I, athletics, all that kind of stuff just makes sense to me. And so I loved that day. And so I was telling Tanner about that and, and I got ribbons and everything. I just, I loved it. And he was like, dad, yeah, we have field day. I was like, I know you do. It's pretty cool. And so after supper, you know what he said when I asked him, I said, Tanner, what do you want to do? He said, dad, can we find your ribbons? I'm going, oh man, this is going to be a bit of a task because they're piled up like four bins deep in the corner of our storage room covered in other stuff. And so, I'm, and so like, what I wanted to say was, mm, maybe another time, but let's be honest, what that means is we're never doing that. And so uh, I was like, sure, buddy, we can, we can try to do that. I said, I can't promise that we'll find them. <laughs> I don't know where they are. And so we started digging them out. The first bin we got, of course, was not it. And the second bin we got out, we started digging through, and there was way, all kinds of stuff, way more than ribbons. We found uh, my old coin collection that I had forgotten I even had. Uh, we found a box of when I went to the British Isles, Scotland, England, and Ireland. And I had all these different postcards and different things that I got when I was over there. And so, of course, when we were, J- Tanner's pulling all the stuff out, he said, Dad, what's this and so I shared the story and he saw a picture of Edinburgh and I was like this is really cool look at the castle on top of the mountain it's right in the middle of the city it's really cool he's like cool dad and and we went through that and then we found some elementary school stories that I had written when I was his age and drew like all the pictures man I was a bad artist just so you know we there was there were several moments where I was like Tanner what do you think that is because <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Again, they were my pictures, they were my stories. And we read, I kid you not, we read every one of those stories, those little short stories, and Tanner was just eating it up. But let me just say this, it was phenomenal time. And it it wasn't something that I had come up with. I simply asked the question, Tanner, what do you want to do? He learned a little bit about me, I learned a little bit about him we had just an, it was just amazing. One of my favorite evenings in a long time. The question I have for you is, when was the last time you spent quality time with the person or the people that you know you're supposed to? When was the last time you spent quality time with them? It doesn't just happen. You have to fight for it. Work. Social media, sports, busyness, they're they're all going to consume and suck away time. And I'm not saying those things are bad, guys. It seems like I harp on those things. But I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying if that's all we ever do, then you're missing the most important aspect of your life, the most important thing in your life, which is not a thing, it's the people. All of a sudden, 20 years later, you're going to say, what did I spend all my time on? And my suggestion is maybe, maybe what God is calling us to do first is to be good stewards, to take care of what we've been given. And what you've been given is right in front of you. Will you spend time and energy investing truth and love into the people that matter most? I believe that God wants us to get past our fear and our apathy and even our social media. I don't know about you, but this consumes massive time. You know you can go on there and look at what you're consuming on your phone. Don't do it if you get, you know, upset easily. Because it's going to tell you how much time you actually spend on there. It says. It gives you hours and percentages. Thank you for that. Where are we putting our energy and our time and our focus? Are you investing in people? My guess is if we want God to build His kingdom here... We need to start being about what his kingdom is about. And his kingdom is about bringing people to Jesus and loving people well, being good stewards. So how are you doing that? Are you doing that? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the opportunity to come today and just think about what you're wanting us to wrestle with. And God, there are a lot of people in here, and there are people online that are listening or going to be listening to this or watching this. And God, we have a we have thousands, tens of thousands of relationships that are represented here in just in this space alone. And God, sometimes we, we kind of get stuck in this mentality that, that this certain subject or this certain political issue or this, whatever this thing is matters more than the relationship matters more than the person. We, we get, we get duped. We get, get lost, we get stuck, thinking that this life is about chasing things and getting stuff done and achieving goals and whatever the case is. But God, help us remember that the most important thing in this life is not a thing. Remind us that it's not just our spouse. It's not just our kids. It's, it's everyone around us. God, help us to start seeing people through the eyes of, we need to be good stewards of the people that are in our lives. Help us to do life honestly and in love. Help us to invest the time. Help us to carve it out. Help us to fight for it so that we can actually see your kingdom being built here. Because I believe your kingdom is going to be us reveling in your glory, but also the massive love that you have for us and every other person. So help us to start modeling that here on earth so that your kingdom could be known and can be seen and could be experienced here on earth. Help us to build that here, starting with a relationship, the kind that we need to have. We pray this and we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.